Welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast, the podcast for early interventionists. My name is Erica, and I'm an early childhood special education teacher in Minnesota working in early intervention. This podcast is about connecting through stories and bringing research and best practice to life on the road and on real visits. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own practices with families. You can also find the podcast on Instagram at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast. Um, So that's Instagram. And then Teachers Pay Teachers. You can find all of those resources on the Teachers Pay Teachers store, which is all things early intervention. So if you search all things early intervention, the store should pop up. So again, welcome back to the podcast. I have not podcasted since September. It is now November, so I feel kind of bad about that. I've just been really busy, um, as I'm sure all of you guys have been. I've been doing a lot of work with Autism Navigator, um, using the layer cake approach into to um, my visits with families who have children with autism or indicators of autism. Uh, I podcasted briefly about it in September. It was called Building the Layer Cake. I do and will um, be podcasting more about transactional supports, um, monitoring progress, sharing information with families around the Autism Navigator resources and Um, how I am implementing those practices on visits. But I wanted to sidebar for a little bit. I had an IFSP meeting on Friday. And I think I'm losing my voice now as I start to podcast. Hope not. Um, It's getting pretty cold here in Minnesota. But um, okay, so I had an IFSP meeting on Friday, and it was one I will never forget for the rest of my life. And I wanted to share the experience with you because it gives a lot of insight into what we don't know is going on behind the scenes or what's been said to families um, and as we enter their lives and their homes, we need to keep this in mind. So I'm going to set the scene for you a little bit because, you know, wherever early intervention happens, it's it probably happens a little bit differently. But where I work, we have an evaluation team and we have a service team. And at the IFSP meeting is where those two Um, teams come together and the baton is essentially passed. So at the IFSP meeting, the evaluator, the primary evaluator, we will go through the evaluation results, talk about how they're eligible, how they qualified, um, answer any questions up until that point. And then at some point in the meeting, we start to talk about the IFSP outcome. So the goal we're going to write and the services that will follow. So there's there's kind of this turn that happens in the in the IFSP meeting. So at the beginning of these meetings, the evaluator where I work typically starts, of course, and then I will take over. Um, the evaluator is the one who has established the relationship with the family. They've been out, they've been out at least twice. 
Um, and this was virtual. So set the scene here. This is virtual. Mom's camera isn't working. So she's having her camera off. So in attendance is myself, the evaluator, and the physical therapist. We do have an OT on the plan, but she was not able to make the meeting. So three providers, well, essentially three, you know, three staff and and the parents. The evaluator did a fabulous job asking questions about really simple questions to start with. Like, has anything changed since we last been out? Or what, what are the new updates since we last spoke? Or has there been any appointments? Um, things like that. And this mom was really struggling to answer questions around what has changed or what's new or, you know, things, things around that sort of topic. And um, it was really interesting to just listen to because I really applaud the evaluator who, who was asking questions as simply as she could. And then as mom would talk, she would point things out. Um, like, oh, that that is a new change. He has made a lot of progress. Um, this is an infant we're talking about, uh, about four or five months old with Prader-Willi syndrome. So some people say Prader-Willi, I say Prader-Willi. Um, but we all know that's a syndrome with lifelong effects. Um, it, yeah, highly researched um, outcomes there. So... Um, we're, we're talking, we're getting updates, but my impression was just like, wow, this mom just feels like really disorganized. Like what, I'm not sure what's going on. Obviously I can't see anything because her camera is off, but so now it's my turn to talk about the goal, what goal we're going to write. And so as the evaluator, like I said, she did a great job trying to ask really broad questions to try and get mom to share new information. Um, at certain times I would jump in and say something specific like, do you think he responds to your voice? Like knows who recognizes your voice as mom. And she said, oh yeah, he does. And the evaluator would be like, that's a great change. So we were trying to understand why she was having such a hard time answering these questions. And we got to the goal and we, you know, I said, what do you think you want to work on between like, let's say the next three to six months? Like what's your overall goal or what's your priority or what are you most concerned with? And she goes, I don't, I don't know what you mean. And it was like, okay, um, (laughs) So I'm trying to piece all these pieces together because I felt like I had also asked a really simple question, much like the evaluator was asking. And, you know, I just said, well, you know, listening to hear you talk, it sounds like gross motor 
might be is something that you're you're working on when I listen to you talk about what he's doing and what you're doing I'm hearing that you're working on gross motor and she even said she said in response to that what's gross motor and I said well his physical development like his muscles like tummy time and and those types of things head control that he's getting a lot better with those and that you're trying you know you're trying to improve those skills she said oh yes yes that that's what we're doing and I was like, okay, what are some other things you want to work on or that you're, you know, there's only so many ways you can ask that question I discovered too on Friday. Like you can only ask like, what are your priorities or what are your goals or what do you hope? And she finally said, and this is where my jaw just dropped. She finally said, well, I'd I don't know because the doctor told me he's mentally retarded. He's going to have significant problems, behavior problems, and he'll never be able to go to school. Mic drop, right? I was just like, okay, full stop. (laughs) I'm looking at the evaluator on the screen. I'm looking at the PT on the screen. And I was just like, okay, number one, who was the doctor? I already know the hospital, but I'll figure out who the doctor is and we'll make sure to get some outreach there. And she said, so she goes on to explain, you know, after the testing, he told me he was mentally retarded. He's going to have significant behavior problems and that he'll never be able to go to school. And the nurse who was with him and her, according to her mouth wide open, similar to all of ours in this meeting, And she said, eventually, the social worker at the hospital did reach out to her and explain that that was incredibly inappropriate and not true and unfeeling and all of those things. But she's also like, his words have just echoed and replayed in my mind ever since that moment. He's now like four or five months old. So the only thing this mom can think about is what this doctor has said. So of course she can't come up with a goal. Of course she can't think of future things because he's completely traumatized her with his words and completely lied to her at the same time. Not go to school. Okay, well, I know this podcast has a worldwide listenership, but here in the United States, like every child is entitled to free and appropriate public education, FAPE, F-A-P-E. He is entitled to go to school and he will go to school. And in the state of Minnesota, where I am at, Part C services are serviced under um, the Department of Ed. So hello, welcome to school. You know, and I said that to mom. I said, well, he will go to school. And guess what? You've already started with school. We're special education. He is a student in, and I said our district, and you're you're at school now. So, and he is going to go to preschool and he is going to go to regular school and he will get services and support um, that will, you know, lifelong services and support. But We will be here to help and guide you. She didn't even know she could want things for her son. That doctor said that 
And that's it. End of story. She couldn't think of anything else. She couldn't think of anything. Like, I guess this is just it. This is his lifelong sentence. No no use in hoping. No use in dreaming. No use in trying. Um, It's just awful. It's awful, awful, awful. But I don't think her story is unique. And I'm willing to bet that it happens possibly more often than we think. I'm not sure. This is the first time in my career that I've heard this from a parent. But now going into visits, my priority and my goal is now going to have to be to build up this mom's confidence, um, help her see what an advocate she can be, and that we're only focused on progress. And she finally did say that. I guess my goal is progress. And I said, that's a great goal, progress. I like that, that he will just continue to do new things. And I, you know, we kind of shaped this goal into something else too about um, uh, helping mom understand his disability and diagnosis and how it impacts his life, how it, you know, helping her understand what interventions she can do in their everyday life and everyday routine. She's a busy mom. She's going to school part-time and she has other kids. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a meeting like nothing I will ever forget. And I will be sure to (laughs) find the name of this doctor and make sure he probably receives a case of brochures from help me grow. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. But I'll I'll we'll make sure I'll make sure that there's some outreach there. But um I wonder, you know, I wonder how many other families experience something similar. And so when we're in their homes, and again, we have this more positive outlook on things, we have a different lens. For me, it's like if if this can't happen this way, what other way can it happen? Um, I'm a very like strategic problem solving. I see the obstacle and I want to find a way over it, around it, squash it, whatever. Um, but with families too, it's like, I, I just, I want, I wonder what their mindset is. I had a family recently, a couple weeks ago, he had received the medical diagnosis of autism and we had already went through it educationally. Um, so I always kind of follow up, like, did, what, did anything surprise you? Were you expecting it? Kind of revisit the process a little bit. And she said, no, you know, they called it, I think, level three in the medical world. Um, and I said, okay, what does that mean to you, level three? And she said, well, I don't know. It said stuff like, you know, he'll never live alone or he'll never do this or he'll never do that. And I said, did it say that in the report? <laughs> and she, because it's like, I'm just a very like concrete black and white person. Like, where, where are you getting this information? Did it, did it literally say that in the report? And she said, no, I, I Googled it online. And I was like, oh, sweetie, let's not Google things. <laughs> so, but I recently went through the Autism Navigator training, uh, the knowledge and skills course. 
And it was something like if you Google autism, it's like 90 million websites will pop up. 90 million. How much of that info do you think is credible, reliable, and good? I'm not sure. Um, Same thing with videos. If you Google like the videos, it comes up as like 60 million or something like that. That was the the stats in the autism navigator training. So where parents get their information, I feel like is so important. And we don't know what's been said to them. We don't know what they've read. We don't know what they know. I did ask this mom going back to the IFSP meeting, um, her son with Prater Willie. I said, are you connected to any support groups, either virtual groups, Facebook groups, in-person groups? She said, no. And then I said, are you interested? And she said, no, not right now, because she doesn't want to know. She already knows, like, what's been said to her has been said to her. So, and I'm going to try and rewrite that script that's going through her head right now. And, you know, hopefully, I, you know, I said, just let me know. Um, we can connect you with those resources, whether it's a family, uh, a prior family that's been in our program or in our program or that we can connect you with or, um online supports or in person, let us know. Okay. So my takeaway from Friday's meeting was I should always try and understand what the struggle is. This mom was really struggling to answer really simple questions. And while it could have been easy for me to assume that she is just disengaged or Um, not understanding something or maybe doesn't understand development or whatever the reason I might want to assume is the reason I need to find out for myself. And this mom, you know, graciously came out with it on her own. She just blurted it out. I don't know what you mean because the doctor told me he's mentally retarded he will have significant behavior problems and never go to school. So I can't, I would have never been able to guess that that was the reason, but that's why I think reflective questions are so important. Continue to ask questions and not blow anything off as, um, well, they just must not know or, you know, don't never assume anything. Isn't that like the rule number one, never assume anything um, when you walk into a home. So I think this was a really good reminder too of the grieving process and just everything. I just don't have any more words, but I did want to get this story out there. If you have had a similar experience, I would love to hear it. Um, I cannot wait to start visits with this mom. Um, when I do start visits with my mom, with my mom, with this mom, um, a lot of it is going to be building her capacity and her confidence and looking ahead. And like I told her, milestones are still our goal. So the timeline might not happen in a typical way you know, as other kids, but the milestones are still our goal. Sitting, 
walking, talking, those types of things. It's still our goal, communication, mobility. You know, it may look different for a while, but it's still our goal. Progress will happen. And that's what she wanted to hear. I just want to know that there'll be progress. And of course, I gave her, you know, the speech about, you know, early intervention being key to better outcomes and um, services, supports are available, you know, to people with disabilities and just knowing that there is a world of people and professionals ready to help support versus the message this doctor gave. Um, so yeah. And even though it's the doctor that says this, everybody answers to somebody. Everyone has an HR department. Everybody answers to somebody. Eventually at some point in time, on my own time, I will make sure this doctor gets the outreach he needs and the education he needs. So he never says that to another patient again. Um, cause who knows how many other families he has said this to, whether the diagnosis was Prader Willi, whether it was Down syndrome, whether it was something else, you know, that was diagnosed at birth. Um, who knows, but to be continued, I will be podcasting more next week. I am off next week, the week of Thanksgiving. So I'm hoping to podcast more on the Autism Navigator layer cake and transactional supports for the shared agenda. I'm going to be breaking up um, episodes that are dedicated to each layer of the cake, what the child looks like, what the strategies look like, and then how to connect it all with the caregiver. So stay tuned. Um, I will hope you join me again for another episode of Rainbows and Rain, and hopefully it's sooner rather than later, but that's on me. All right, take care, guys.